O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, January 14th, 2021. Stand up for your country. I know it's difficult these days, but you should be doing it. I am. So I want to welcome all our new members, thousands of people flooding into BillOReilly.com, watching us on the first TV um, because of the collapse of the television news industry, which I predicted mm, eight, nine months ago. And the prediction was based on that the TV news industry either hated or loved Donald Trump. That drove most of their programming. They didn't bother really to cover the rest of the country. It was all Trump's the devil or Trump's the greatest. Matt is no more Trump. I mean, he's going out with a bang with the impeachment and all that. But nevertheless, it's over. And so where are they going to go? And in the process, the television news industry, as well as the newspapers, um, have lost most credibility because they didn't tell their audience the truth. And when you don't do that and you're in the truth business, the fact business, you know, not everybody. There are people who don't mind being lied to. However, I think most Americans, when they are lied to and misled, consciously, they don't really like that. And they're looking around for another alternative. And here we are. Hi, here we are. So, you know, uh, we say this a number of times, but the new um, viewers may not have heard it. It's good to watch this program with a pen and a pad of paper because we give you so much information and the information is important to you because I'm sure you have discussions with other people about your country. And those discussions become much more worthy if you, the honest American, know what you're talking about. Not theory, opinion, all of that, but facts. And you can weave together your view of the world in a cogent manner. So that's what we're going to give you tonight. I mean, and we're going to begin, of course, with the final strategy to destroy Donald Trump. And... Um, there is no doubt that that's what this is all about. It's not about the country. It's not about the electoral process, the election. It's not about even the insurrection in Washington last week. It's not about any of that. All right. It's about destroying a human being named Donald Trump forever. That's what it's about. All right. Let's walk through it. So yesterday, uh, the House, along party lines with 10 Republican defections, voted to impeach Donald Trump once again for inciting an insurrection. That's what they say. Okay, now, anybody paying attention knows there's an exculpatory, that means a fact-based innocence piece of evidence that is obvious, and that's the speech. I'm not going to play you the clip again. Everybody who in the pro-Trump camp has heard it, has played it, you know, but he basically said, not basically, he said directly to his people, I want you to be peaceful and patriotic. All right? I don't want you to cause any trouble. That was before the Capitol breach. Now, last night, as predicted, there was a celebration about the impeachment of Donald Trump. Go. And it is worth remembering at this moment that had the Republican Senate voted to convict him after he was impeached the first time around, he never would have had the chance to commit more high crimes and misdemeanors in office. The purpose of terrorism is to terrorize. Donald Trump is the leader of a terrorist faction, 
of a terrorist group that terrorized the Congress. They accomplished their mission. We've all been covering Donald Trump inciting violence uh, since he ran for president. One of the questions I asked him at the debate in Miami in 2016 uh, was whether he would agree to, to, to lower the temperature. Remarkably, despite having to run from a mob of people who wanted to kill their colleagues, hang the vice president, a mob which killed the Capitol police officer and attacked and injured scores of others, 197 men and women chose not to hold the president accountable today. And that's because they are not a Trump-hating faction, Mr. Cooper. You hate the man, all right? You, you don't covering him fairly. You're not covering what he actually said. You despise him. Your bosses tell you, if you want a primetime programming program, Anderson, you do this, and you do it, and you've always done it. Your ratings before Donald Trump were some of the worst I've ever seen. All right. You uh, were on opposite me. I beat you five, six to one every night because everybody knew you weren't reporting or analyzing the news in an honest way. You were doing what you were told to do. Okay. now at ABC News run by Disney and CNN is run by AT&T and NBC is run by Comcast. These are unbelievably powerful conglomerates. So as a woman, Cecilia Vega, she is ABC News's senior White House correspondent. Listen to her. We think so much in our country uh, in terms of tarnished legacies of presidents and, and President Nixon, former President Nixon comes to mind. I think a lot of people would say that Donald Trump and the legacy that he is leaving behind after this week surpasses that undistinguished legacy that Nixon has left. I mean, that's just, I, I want to be respectful to Ms. Vega. I don't know her, I, but I don't want to diminish her using an adjective that is uh, nasty. Let's just say Ms. Vega doesn't know what she's talking about. Richard Nixon committed felonies. How do we know that? They're on tape, audio tape. You could hear them. All right, we can get a million dollars to silence somebody, Nixon said in the Oval Office, all right? So she's saying that what Trump did, uh, giving a speech to his supporters saying, you know, be peaceful and patriotic is worse than what Nixon said, we could find a million dollars to buy somebody's silence. So this kind of analysis, and she shouldn't be doing analysis anyway. Vega is a reporter, not an analyst like me, but she doesn't know what Nixon did. She doesn't know what high crimes and misdemeanors are. She's there, I don't know why, I work for ABC News. I can tell you when I was there, Peter Jennings would never have allowed that in a million years. In fact, you know who the White House correspondent was for part of my time? Britt Hume um, and Sam Donaldson. Sam was a little interesting. But to see ABC News descend into this kind of banality when you're dealing with history, it's shocking. It's just shocking. All right, the uh, smartest guy in the room now is, is a man named Jonathan Turley. He teaches, I think, at George Washington University or Georgetown, one of those, He's a law professor, liberal. But he has gone on record as saying this impeachment thing is not good for the country. Roll the tape. 
Uh, they've now outdone themselves. They're going to go straight to the floor, essentially, and just do an up or down vote. That's the type of impulse by impeachment that we thought the Constitution would uh, deter. Yeah, but they're creating this pathway that could very well be used in the future. And I think the lack of serious debate or a hearing on that is, um, is disappointing. Absolutely correct. Impeachment is no longer a shocking thing. It is now a political thing. So whoever controls the two houses, if one party gets control of the Senate and the House, they can impeach the president on anything. You did this. I didn't like what you said when it was impeached. You incited this. You did that. Whatever it may be. So impeachment is gone. I remember Andrew Johnson, and then there was another president impeached for more than 100 years. And that was Bill Clinton. And you had to impeach him because that thing was crazy out of control there. Now Trump got impeached for making a phone call to a Ukrainian president. And then he gets impeached for giving a speech to his supporters. (laughs) It's beyond belief. So there isn't anything coming out of this impeachment other than revenge. You you want the truth? That's the truth. It's all about revenge, punishing, trying to destroy Donald Trump, period. Terrible for the country, creates more hatred, more division, but there isn't anything positive about this. Now, how did this happen so quick? All right. Remember, the uh, insurrection in Washington, and it was that. I'm not overstating that. That word is accurate. Because what these people did was they went into the Capitol and they tried to confront physically, physically, Congress who was voting on certain things. Broke in. Killed a guy in the process. That's an insurrection. So right after it happened, there was a meeting. Now, how do I know this? Because I have, I think, the best contacts in the country politically. You all know that I wrote a book on Donald Trump. You all know that I know everyone that I've interviewed, five presidents. Now, I am using anonymous sources here because if I did tell you who is giving me information, they might be killed. That's why I'm protecting them. So this is what I said on the Sean Hannity radio program yesterday. So as soon as this Capitol thing happened, there was a meeting on K Street in Washington, D.C. among the ardent Democrats, and they decided to pin the insurrection on President Trump, the same way they pinned all the COVID deaths on him. It was a quick meeting um, on the phone, conference call, and it was decided that the news cycle would be President Trump incited the violence. The next day, the New York Times had that on its front page. President incites. You remember that? This is all a design. It is all calculated. Now, we posted the entire interview with Sean Hannity on BillOReilly.com, and it is there for you to hear. Let's take a look at that New York Times headline. So this came right out 
of the phone call among the Democrats in D.C. This is how it goes. So they decide what the theme is, what they want to accomplish, and then their allies in the media get a phone call. All right. They don't like to do texts and emails because those can be made public. And they say, you know, this is what we really think is going on. And then bang, you see it in the New York Times, the Washington Post. As soon as you see it there, then it goes to the network news and the cable news because they take the liberal uh, press, take their lead from the New York Times and Washington Post. So that's the pipeline. All right. So once it was established that Trump was the instigator, he incited the violence against the Congress people, then it was easy to impeach because who jumped on uh, the bandwagon? Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Now I'll get to her in a moment. Okay. So the goal of all this, as I said, is to destroy Donald Trump. So impeachment passes yesterday in the House, but now it has to go to the Senate. Now, as we reported, Mitch McConnell seems to be playing a game. He's a Senate majority leader. Nothing can happen without his okay until next Wednesday when Biden is sworn in. So McConnell basically says, I'm not going to put it up for a trial vote until impeachment day or even beyond. So you're not going to get a vote because the Senate's not in session. I'm not calling them back. So everything stops. All right. So we asked a couple of uh, people, very smart people, can you impeach a president after he's out of office? Remember, Donald Trump leaves next Wednesday. So J. Michael Luttig, who is a former judge on the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington, um, he wrote an opinion piece in The Washington Post, said, no. All right. You cannot impeach a president who has left office. But Lawrence Tribe, a Trump hater, law professor at Harvard, uh, he says, yes, you can. So you're going to have on both sides, no, you can't, yes, you can. What happens is if Chuck Schumer, the new Senate majority leader, next Thursday comes in and says, oh, we're going to have a trial, immediately that'll be litigated. So immediately the Trump people will file suit, block it. Some Republican senators may do the same thing. It'll block it. It'll go into the court system. It'll wind its way up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, in my opinion, would rule, no, you can't impeach a president once he's left office. That's what I think is going to play out. Now, there could be all kinds of ins and outs. I'm not predicting, but I'm giving you a roadmap of what's possible. Now, Part of the difficulty of this for people who did support Donald Trump is that the president himself is kind of a self-destructive guy, and he is. If you read the United States of Trump, you can see it. He usually gets himself out of the situations he puts himself into. But he had to know 100,000 people going to Washington, D.C. were going to be angry. Why? Because he told them, he himself told his supporters for two months this. They cheated and they rigged our presidential election, but we will still win it. We will still win it. We'll still win it. 
And they're going to try and rig this election, too. Talking about Georgia. So he, we're going to still win it. That was sent out on December 5th. And a lot of Americans believe that. They believed that Donald Trump somehow, some way, was going to find enough fraud so that the Supreme Court would overturn the election. I told you from the beginning that would not happen. All right? Because I know the system. I know what it takes to overturn a national election. And I kept waiting to see the compelling evidence that would allow that, and it never surfaced, ever. The man who Donald Trump chose to be his point person to come up with evidence of fraud in the election is Rudy Giuliani. Roll the tape. Let's have trial by combat. I'm willing to stake, I'm willing to stake my reputation The president is willing to stake his reputation on the fact that we're going to find criminality there. Is Joe Biden willing to stake his reputation that there's no crime there? No. Also, last night, one of the experts that has examined these crooked Dominion machines has absolutely what he believes is conclusive proof that in the last 10%, 15% of the vote counted, the votes were deliberately changed. Okay, but where's the evidence of that? You see, I know a lot of you are going, oh, I saw this, I saw that. Okay, there has been no visible evidence that I could see and I'm, tr- I'm reporting this as fairly as you can report it. That would back up what Giuliani said. He's been saying for two months plus, we have evidence, we have evidence, we have evidence. I haven't seen it. Now, I'm talking about compelling evidence. Were there problems in Fulton County, Georgia? Yeah. In Detroit? Yeah. Philly? Yeah. Clark County, Las Vegas? Yeah. But they don't rise to voting machines being changed. Now, if you could get one voting machine and show forensically it happened, then you'd have something. Just one. But Giuliani has not been able to do that. So when people hear this and they want to believe that President Trump won the election because they supported him. They don't like Biden and the Democrats. They want to believe it. Many of them do believe it. And those are the people that went to Washington. Now, were they directly coerced or encouraged to start a riot and damage the nation's capital? No, they weren't. And there's no proof that they were anywhere. But they're using words like incited. That's a, an objective word, but you can't prove it. All right. I mean, you can incite anything. You can yell at somebody for anything. And then the person goes around and shoots at you. And while well, you incited it, Come, you know, it's insane. But there is no question that President Trump, Rudy Giuliani and others. All right for more than two months, told people this whole thing is a rigged fraud. 
And a number of people got so angry they were willing to defile the state capitol and hurt people. That's what lighted the fuse to this. And it should never have happened. If I had been in the White House advising President Trump, and again, he does not listen to me, I would have said, let do an investigation through the Justice Department, subpoena the voting machines that we want to look at, analyze them forensically, do analytics on the write-in votes in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan by the best analytics team in the United States. We'll hire them to do it, and we'll present the evidence to the American people. That's how you do it. You don't run around from state to state saying, Laura over here says I, she couldn't look at the votes. It gets you nowhere. Okay. Now, the Democrats gin up their mob in the same exact way they accuse President Trump of doing. Roll the tape. But look, if the president does go ahead and fire Robert Mueller, we would have people take to the streets. I believe there would be widespread civil unrest because Americans understand that the rule of law is paramount. You, before I end, that's my call to action here. Please don't just come here today and then go home. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Who have protesters taking up at their house. Who's saying no peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side. And I don't think uh, even in states where Donald Trump won big that it does you any good running away from Donald Trump. I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I mean, the truth is, is this guy is bad for this country. So that is about as insightful. And I don't mean insightful in figuring out what the truth is. I mean it inciting violence. All of that. All of it. Those are four. I could have given you 40. Now. Has the press reported that? No. No, they're not going to report that liberal Democrats incite violence. Even when a senator says, I punch him in the face. Man, that's pretty violent. Punch a president in the face? Now, if I were the head of the Secret Service, Tester would have been brought in and questioned. I would have done that. But I want you to understand, I'm not justifying bad behavior by pointing to other bad behavior, as so many commentators do. I don't do that. We have never done that. All right. The behavior at the Capitol was the worst behavior I've seen politically in my lifetime. The worst. And there's no way you justify it by pointing to a bunch of clowns who did the same thing, but on a much lesser level. Okay. So you don't justify bad behavior by pointing to other bad behavior. That's what fifth graders do. Oh, I, I, it, Larry did something a lot worse than I did. Okay, stop. 
But the fact that the Democratic Party and the liberal wing have called for violence is established. They have. Media never calls them out. All right. Washington Post is another great one. We went over the New York Times yesterday, and a woman there, a reporter named Maggie Haberman, has written 131 anti-Trump articles using anonymous sources. 131. So the Washington Post says, you know, we got to catch up to Maggie. So we're going we're gonna to write an article that says everybody hates Trump now. Everybody. Everybody. That's the article that these three reporters, and I'll tell you about them in a moment, that these three reporters were ordered to deliver to the editors of the Washington Post. So, of course, they wrote the article before they even picked up the phone to talk to anybody. Everybody hates them. How about this? And all anonymous sources. First part of the article. Though Trump has been exceptionally furious with Vice President Pence, his relationship with lawyer Rudy Giuliani, one of his most steadfast defenders, is also fracturing according to people with knowledge of the dynamics between the men. Who? Who? Okay? Anonymous source. Of course. According to people with not, you know, yes. Did they get someone on a phone to say that? Sure. I can do that like in 10 seconds. Every, all reporters know people are going to badmouth certain other people. Here's number two. As he watched impeachment quickly gain steam, Trump was upset, generally, that virtually nobody is defending him, including Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, who, of course, did defend President Trump, Senior Advisor and Son-in-Law Jared Kushner, Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, and Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, according to a senior administration official. <laughs> who? Give me some clarity. No. Goes on to say the president pretty wound up, said the senior administration official, who, like some others interviews, spoke on the condition of anonymity to be candid. Oh, come on. This is just so one. Ridiculous. All right. This is so corrupt. This is what The Washington Post and New York Times have done for five years. Now, on The Washington Post article, who wrote that? First reporter was Ashley Parker, 39 years old. All right. Currently a senior political analyst at MSNBC. Wow. So what is she doing being a reporter if she's a political analyst for the most far left network in the world? What aren't there standards there? Second one, Josh Dawsey, 30 years old, 30. All right. He's an on air contributor to CNN. So what is he doing as a Washington Post reporter? If he's an on-air contributor, he's the second most liberal network in the world. And the third one, Philip Rucker, 36, political analyst for NBC News and MSNBC, author of A Very Stable Genius, Donald J. Trump's Testing of America, which was a hatchet Trump book. All three of these are Trump haters. All three of them are doing hate Trump commentary, and all three are being labeled by the Washington Post as straight news reporters. Corruption? Not, nah, I mean, what else can I tell you? Social media. Jack Dorsey is the head of Twitter. 
all right, which took President Trump off. Dorsey says, quote, in a tweet himself, I believe this was the right decision. We face an extraordinary and untenable circumstance forcing us to focus on all our actions on public safety. Offline harm as a result of online speech is demonstrably real and what drives our policy and enforcement above all. Okay, that's fine with me. I don't have any problem with that. But you don't have to banish people, all right? You can just send their tweet back and say it's unacceptable. And this is what you have to do to make it acceptable. Have rules, particularly when you're dealing with a president or other powerful people. So, but they don't want that. They don't want it. They just want to banish Trump and Trump's borders. Mark Zuckerberg, all right, head of Facebook, quote, we believe the risks of allowing the president to continue to use our service during this period are simply too great. Therefore, we are extending the block and we have placed on his Facebook and Instagram accounts indefinitely. Okay, fine. So Dorsey and Zuckerberg basically taking all ability to communicate and give his side of the story away from Donald Trump. That sound like fair to you? That sound like justice to you? And these companies are so powerful, more powerful than the corrupt corporate media, the Disney's and uh, um, AT&T's, more powerful because they control the flow from the folks. And if they tell you you can't be on there, you're in a cave. All right, what are you going to do? So Congress got to look at this. I don't mind, and in fact, I want Dorsey and Zuckerberg, I want them not to run violent texts and not to run defamation. But I want them to do it in a methodical way where we can see the rules. Is that unreasonable? I don't think so. All right. Now, off all of this social media stuff enters Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Here's what she wants. We're going to have to figure out how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Um, and so that's something that we're looking into. Okay, so she wants just to have the media controlled by Washington in a way that would pretty much wipe out free press, freedom of expression, anything else. Because that's the only way socialism can be imposed. You have to have a totalitarian system. There isn't a country ever in this world that has had socialism or communism that hasn't been totalitarian. Not one ever. That's what she wants. Now, I have a story um, about an illegal alien who killed a woman in Los Angeles who had been deported 10 times. I don't have time to get into it today. I'm going to postpone that story till Monday. Very important story, particularly now that we have Joe Biden, who is very soft on illegal immigration coming to be president. So to flash to my producers, we'll do that story. It's a horrendous story. But because I was so involved with Kate Steinle, I want to tell it to you and take some time. All right, we'll do that again on Monday. So obviously the Hollywood cabal, the entertainment industry is thrilled that Donald Trump 
is being destroyed. Roll it. Outrage just didn't, you know, even matter anymore. And the, the, you know, even to the point of calling, you know, the Secretary of State in Georgia and pressuring him. None of that seemed to matter. This mattered. This puts Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., you know, Ivanka, all of them into the dustbin of history. You know, that name will now forever be uh, associated with uh, insurrection. All right. So we know him for a long time. He has, I think, damaged his career tremendously by being a far left kook. Um, But he is inside the Hollywood power structure. They love him out there. Another guy they love is Tom Hanks. All right. Now, Hanks is as radical as Clooney, but Hanks is smarter than Clooney. Hanks knows that his image in the United States cuts across political lines. Clooney doesn't care. All he wants is liberals to like him. Hanks wants everybody to like him. So Hanks is as radical as Clooney in his politics, but he doesn't say it. However, he's stepping up and hosting a primetime TV special celebrating the inauguration of Joe Biden. You can watch it on ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, and MSNBC. Not Fox. (laughs) So all the networks, uh, all three, inaugural special. Now, do I have a problem with Hanks emceeing it? No. You want to say MC it? Fine. I don't care. But I'll just tell you who he is. This day in history, January 14, 1784, the end of the Revolutionary War. It lasted eight years. Most people don't know that. The longest, you know, domestic war, obviously. Um, Afghanistan, what, been 20 years? And Vietnam, I think, was a little bit longer than that. Um, anyway, uh, Treaty of Paris signed this day in 1784. And bye-bye to Great Britain. See you. We kicked your butt. And we did. So the treaty gave the uh, new American government territory to the Mississippi River, but not beyond. That had to be negotiated, which it was, by Monroe. Canada was still held by the British. Now, if I were in charge, I would have held out. I wouldn't have given the British Canada. And because the British were not going to beat the Americans in the Revolutionary War. It wasn't going to happen. But they wanted peace after eight years, I understand. Battle deaths, about 4,500, 4,500 people. Um, Total deaths, 7,000 on our side. Estimated British deaths, 24,000. And they really took it on the chin 237 years ago today. All right, quick break, back with some mail and a final thought, which is optimistic today. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. 
Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's go to the mailbag on the message board. That's on BillOReilly.com. By the way, you want to reach me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Steve. Bill, nobody in the last five years that I'm aware of has asked the fundamental question, why do people who support Trump do so with such loyalty? They like his slash and burn style in Washington. So many Americans, perhaps most, don't like the phonies on Capitol Hill and uh, the swamp. And Trump was the opposite of that. That's why the loyalty is there. Joanne, concierge member, which means Joanne has direct access to me privately. She can also post publicly. But if Joanne has a question about anything or needs some advice privately, if you're a concierge member, you get that. I wish I could believe you, Bill, when you said the future left-wing rioters are going to be prosecuted. I don't believe that will come to pass. It's going to be very hard going forward for authorities not to prosecute violence after this capital thing. Rachel, you are wrong, Bill. The election was obviously rigged. It was massive election fraud. Rachel, if you're going to say that, you're going to have to produce some evidence to back it up. Not little things that you see on TV and somebody told you. Brian Bellinger, Taunton, Massachusetts. Bill, if the Democrats go after President Trump after he leaves office, aren't they worried about the precedent this would set? No. Vengeance and revenge clouds thinking. They want to hurt Trump, destroy him. That's what's in play. Christine O'Connor, Scottsdale, Arizona. I agree that Donald Trump should pardon himself if any criminal charges are brought with uh, Hunter Biden. I bet Joe Biden will pardon him. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But we went over the uh, Trump pardoning himself. He can do that, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Marilyn Pavlov, Kimball, Michigan. Why is the House of Representatives so eager to impeach Donald Trump when he is going to be out of office in one week? I don't understand. Again, it is vengeance, revenge. Nancy Pelosi, the queen of mean, the queen bee of vitriol. Pelosi driving this. Deborah Wilson, Shelbyville, Tennessee. Could you address why all these people are turning on Mr. Trump? You ever hear the expression, and I'm sure you have, Deborah, kick him when he's down? A lot of people do that. Somebody's going down, particularly a powerful person, kick him right in the teeth. Particularly if they think it's going to get him someplace to do it. Lee, concierge member, do you think Governor Newsom will be impeached in California? I do think so. I think they'll get the million and a half signatures. They have more than a million now. And they have, I think, three more months to get them, or maybe two and a half. They could do it. Bram Williams, Shelton, Connecticut. Why are gas prices going up so fast, Bill? You know, I noticed that last night. I was, and I was pumping my own gas, and they're up about 20 cents in my town. Why? Because the gas companies, the oil companies want to make more money. I don't know. I mean, that's what they do. Joseph Gutierrez, Erie, Colorado. I just want to say thank you, Bill. You're coming voice in this madness, and I appreciate all you do for our country. I pray for you daily. 
Thank you, Joseph. That's very, very nice of you. Thank you. Rusty Rose, San Antonio, Texas. Hello, Bill. Your daily messages and broadcasts are increasingly more important during this era of chaos. That's what we have. We have the truth on BillOReilly.com, on The First TV, on all of our radio stations across the country that pick up the O'Reilly message of the day. We have the truth. Quick break. Um, Oh, by the way, when writing to us, and please uh, pick up uh, the greatest mug in the world. All right, stand up for your country over the weekend. Go into our store on BillOReilly.com. And when writing to us, no chuffiness. No chuffiness. C-U-F-F-I-N-E-S. Back with the final thought. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Okay. Here's the final thought of the day. Next week is inauguration week. We are all over it. Um... I believe that the Trump stuff will start to diminish. I hope it does. All right. So what else are they going to do? I hope President Trump doesn't do anything but deliver a conciliatory speech, perhaps on Martin Luther King night next Monday. Say thank you for the honor of being your president. I hope that I accomplish some good for you. And I wish President Biden good luck. Short speech, graceful. I'll write it for him if he wants. (laughs) It's pretty egotistical, but I think I could write a good speech. But he should do that. And then after he leaves, uh, you know, I think we're going to have some calm. Biden will have a grace period. Everybody will tell you how great he is, the greatest guy, all of this. Okay. COVID, ah, awful, but more and more getting vaccinated. I think we're going to have some calm. But then there'll be another storm. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's going to be another storm. The economy goes down. China's going to test Biden. Where do you see? China's coming. Where do you see? Now, I'm going to write a column over the weekend about what President Trump accomplished for the country. That'll be posted on BillOReilly.com on Sunday. I think you'll find it interesting. Um, why wouldn't I? i do that for any president. Okay, so that column will be posted on Sunday. Thank you for watching us tonight. We'll see you soon.